0: Peggy Hoyt.
1: Hello, pet lovers. Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Hoyt and Bryan, where we create estate plans for pets and their people. Also brought to you by Animal Care Trust USA, a national nonprofit dedicated to keeping loved pets in loving homes. We educate pet parents about the importance of using a pet trust to provide lifetime care for your loved pet. Today, it is my pleasure to welcome to the show, a friend for a long time now, Colleen Ellis, the Executive Director of the International Association for Animal Hospice and Palliative Care, Welcome to the show, Colleen. Hello, my love, and thank you for not saying we're old friends. That one <laughs> just hurts my heart. <laughs> just known each other for a long time. Exactly. Let's go with that. All right. Well, um, introduce yourself and tell our listeners about your vast background in animals. Yes. Yeah, so
2: my start is in uh, the creation of a hum- of a pet funeral home uh, almost 19 years ago, and about. 12 years ago, Dr. Amir Shannon, I happened to meet him at a Nikki Hospice um, Symposium out in California. And he had a vision of creating an association that was dedicated to end-of-life veterinarians and the end-of-life care for our pets. And making sure that, you know, I guess, Peggy, for lack of a better word, the end was perfect, whatever that might mean. And I happened to meet him. I heard his vision. And it just felt like we were kindred spirits. And so I said, hey, how about me? I'm, I would love to help. And he said, we would love to have a business mind. Come join me. And that was in 2009. And uh, just came back as executive director, ran through all the chairs and stuff. And now I'm back as executive director, all at the same time running my two hearts, pet loss um, business as well with education and brochures and resources and all that kind of stuff so it's a beautiful blend in everything end of life
1: and never a dull moment
2: never a dull moment there should never be
1: so this whole conversation around end of life care for pets is not new but it's still gaining in popularity So talk to us a little bit about the history of that, because you've really been around for this pet end of life care, really kind of since it became popular,
2: you know, and I think maybe the word is uh, more recognized, you know, and you've got loving pet parents like you and I, who we want to know we have options, but we don't know what our options are. And so it's more. It's more about bringing this conversation to the forefront and saying, let's, let's talk about how you see the end, because the end is going to happen. It's not an if it's a win. And let's talk about what we want to do in the end, because we want loving pet parents to turn around and to
1: say the end was perfect, whatever ending they want. Right. And it is different for everybody, isn't it?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Personal preference. Um, Spiritual preference, everything is different.
1: So it can run the gamut from you taking your pet to a veterinarian for end of life care and euthanasia all the way to in-home euthanasia and then a very beautiful memorial celebration of life at a facility even.
2: Everything in between, Peggy. What do you want and what, what, what might we help
1: you with? Right. Yeah. You know, this is interesting because I have these conversations with my clients, not only about their own end of life care, but about the end of life care for their animals. And and sometimes they haven't thought about it. And I think the in-home euthanasia movement is kind of growing at the moment. Mm
2: -hmm. Yes. Yeah
1: maybe thanks to um, some organizations like lap of love and others that are out there doing really good work.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's, um, there's a lot of people that are carrying this, you know, let's, let's bring it home where it's comfortable and where you're comfortable and where they're comfortable. Let's do that.
1: Um, I have a girlfriend who recently had this experience, not once, but twice. And um, really commented on how beautiful the at-home experience was for she and her family. Um, And so I do want to talk more about the idea of animal hospice and palliative care. How would you define that for us?
2: You know, I think it's a whole bunch of definitions because it's, um, you know, what what do you want to do? So often, let me back up a little bit it's about it's about me getting ready okay because they're not it's not a person who says i want to die at home it's not a person who says here are my wishes it's about me as a loving pet parent to be able to say i did everything i did everything and i knew we kept them we had a good quality of life at the end i wanted to get prepared to say goodbye i wanted to do, do what i needed to do and that's that's really our hospice and quality of life um, to the end. That's what we wanna do.
1: And palliative care really means providing those comfort services to um, not necessarily prolong life, but to ensure that the time that you have, the, the pet is as comfortable as possible.
2: Right, exactly. Exactly.
1: Much like we would do in a human hospice or palliative care kind of situation. Yep.
2: Yep. Yep. That's exactly right. And according to the disease, according to the whatever, how do we keep them comfortable?
1: Colleen, can you tell us what kind of diseases or conditions would warrant hospice or palliative care?
2: You know, I don't think it's a disease or condition that warrants hospice uh, or or palliative care. I think it's more about what a pet parent wants. And, you know, just like human beings, sometimes human beings are only in hospice for a day, right? So might be a situation that they say, hey, doc, help me help me till tomorrow. Just help me till tomorrow, because I want to have one last memory making night. And I want him comfortable. And I want to know we're gonna, we're gonna make memories tonight. And then we'll be ready tomorrow.
1: Right. So really it could be anything from a couple of hours to a couple of weeks to maybe even a couple of months.
2: Yeah. And you know, I want I want pet parents to know that because so often when I get called for grief support, they feel like they were rushed into making that final act of love. And I and I tell my veterinarians all the time, give them a night, give them a night, give them a minute. Give them some time. Don't rush. We don't need to rush. And let's let's slow the roll for a minute so we have our have our time.
1: I will never forget the day that I took one of my beloved dogs to the veterinarian, knowing that I was probably gonna have to say goodbye right then. And um, she had been diagnosed with a mask that didn't look like it was gonna get any better. We were afraid it might burst. And the, the, the final analysis was that we made the decision to euthanize her. And at the last minute though, a little voice spoke to me and I looked over at my little sassy dog and I said, Sassy, what do you wanna do? And she looked up at me, she barked and she wagged her tail and I took her home. And we had another year and a half.
2: Oh, Peggy. So you
1: just never know. Yeah. Um, sometimes you just have to go with your gut feeling. Oh. And so happy that we did that. And then there've been other times where, and, and similar situation, but I approached the vet. I said, I think it's time. He said, I think you're a little premature. And then she died at home and I was heartbroken because I felt like I did her a disservice Mm
0: -hmm. in that
1: particular instance. So I think as the pet parent that you have to take in all the information that you can, but then you're the one that knows your pet the best. And I will never forget one of my clients saying to me, it's not the ones that I put down too soon. It's the ones that I waited too long that haunt me. So those are just really Mm -hmm. tough decisions.
2: They're tough. They are tough. They are tough. I'm not ever going to minimize how tough it is. I think the reframing on that, Peggy, is that there's not a finite time. And that's what I always talk to pet parents about. It's not a finite day. It's not a finite hour in that day as to being the right time. It's a window of time. And when we're in the window, any day within the window, any hour within the window is the right time. And I think pet parents get too caught up was, was it too early or was it too late? And what I say is, was it in the window? Then you were exactly where you should have been. Exactly. And and you made another comment in that particular instance is what you said. And that's a big one because every pet will be different. Every disease progression will be different. I remember the first time the veterinarian told me it's time for euthanasia. And I said, no, <clears throat> it's time for you to help me keep him comfortable because I want him to die naturally. Okay. That's what I want you to do. And that's, that's probably the education and the permission that I want to give to pet parents is you drive the bus. It's your pet. Veterinarians are equipped with hospice and palliative. They know comfort care. They they can guide you on that. But at the end of the day, it's your call. It's
1: your call. It is. And I think that's a very important distinction because euthanasia is not always the answer. There are people that want to just wait till that pet dies of natural causes or the natural progression, much like we would do with a human being. Yeah. And and they're okay with that. Yeah. Um, but it is a very personal, individual decision. Right. So let's say that we do want to go forward with a hospice care plan. What's, what are the first steps really in kind of coming to that decision and, and making those plans?
2: First step is, as you find an end-of-life veterinary professional, who can walk you through what the plan will look like. And there's countless organizations out there that are amazing with the quality of life scale. They're amazing at taking that to create the plan. They're amazing, Peggy, at pulling in what we call the IDT, the interdisciplinary team. Maybe we need a Reiki um, specialist. Maybe we need a communicator. Maybe we need a nutritionist. Maybe we need... There's a whole bunch of people, a support system that can come in and help us with that entire walk, that entire end of life walk. And they'll bring that group in too.
1: And I love that the International Association for Animal Hospice and Palliative Care has a provider directory right Mm -hmm. on your website, Yes, um, along with practice guidelines and your principles and pet memorial programs. So many excellent resources right on the website.
2: Yeah. It's all there.
1: And I know the organization name is a mouthful, but the web address is much easier. I-A-A-H-P-C dot org. Perfect. And you can get all of the information uh, that you would ever hope for. And you can become a member as well.
2: Absolutely. We're always looking. Come join us.
1: I think about all the pets that, you know, I've lost over my lifetime and all those that I will lose in the future. And, um, let's just chat for a second. I, I always get a little bit sad when people say to me, um, I'm never going to get another dog or another cat because it's just too painful. And that makes me a little bit sad because I know that sometimes the price of love is, the pain that we experience when we lose them. And for me, it's always worth it. Um, What would you tell somebody though, who says that? I'm never gonna get another pet. So we were talking about the fact that your website has such great resources available to pet parents. Um, What would you tell them about navigating the website and about being a member of your organization?
2: Well, a couple of things. Number one, there's a gazillion resources on there where the really cool resources are is when you're a member, because then you get to come as we call it behind the curtain and there's webinars at the wazoo. There's so much stuff for learning and, and navigating the end of life journey from the medical aspect to even the emotional journey. And, you know, for pet parents who, Maybe have this, let's even talk about pet parents being a member of us, a member of our association, because you don't have to be a veterinary professional or a vet tech. You can come be a part of us. And what the cool thing is, Peggy, is then find a veterinarian in your market who specializes and you say, hey, listen, coach. Call me in off the bench when you have a family because I want to come help and I want to be a part of the support system for that family. So there's countless ways that we get to all come together. It takes a village, right? Not only does it take a village to raise them, it takes a village to transition them. And let's do it as a village, because here's my deal. The statement that you and I have heard a gazillion times, which is I lost a dog three years ago and I can't do it again. Okay, okay. You know what I what I find when I when I peel back the layers of that onion to that statement, what I find is that that person did not receive support, possibly were shamed because of their emotional feelings and the grief and the mourning that that they felt and they showed. And so, you know what the path of least least resistance says: I don't want to be shamed again, so I'm not going to do it again. And what I would say is, here's this way that you truly can look back and say, the end was perfect. That fills my heart up. What we what we as a society need to realize, whether human or pet, death is not a failure. Death is not a failure. How we do death and how we're supported in death, that's what matters. And what I encourage every one of us, what I encourage everyone, and I don't care if it's human or pet, death is an experience. It should not be an event. Make it an experience. I want you to have a bucket list. I want you to do things that you're making memories. I want you to, I want you to give that that big old boy who never had human food. I want you to let him eat that subway sandwich on his way out. I want you to let him have his heaven on earth right here. And then when you look down at that, I'll never forget. I have to tell you a story. had one of our professionals up in Canada and I happened to be up there doing some work with them. And we had just taken a call to schedule our veterinarian to go out to to transition the kitty cat. And she made mention that the young lady who took the call that the mommy had said how much the kitty cat loved her husband's socks. And I said, well, might I recommend that when we go in there that we say, let's get the sock drawer out and let's let that baby go to sleep right there in his little heaven on earth place with all of, of the socks around him. Let's do that. Because now when they think about kitty cat's end, it's not euthanasia, Peggy. It was, did you see his face as he laid in all those socks?
1: Right. How I beautiful. love it!
2: not that... Isn't that the most beautiful thing? And that for whether it's a veterinary professional or whether it's even as a, as a pet parent who's calling around and doing an interview to say, can you be the one to walk with me in the end? I want to know that you will allow me to do hospice and palliative care. And you've got a quality of life scale. And, and we may want to do hospice and palliative to natural death. But if we reach a point, he's in pain, too much pain, don't want that then I want to know you'll assist me then too. walk
0: with, yes. with me.
1: Well, I can't thank you enough for sharing with us today and, um, and giving pet parents hope that there are alternatives, things that we can do, that every journey is unique and um, every experience is unique. And I love what you said, that death is not a failure. No, it, not a
2: failure. And you know what, Peggy, when we, when we, you and I, you and I look like the ultimate pet loving mommy. And when, when we did everything in life for them, I want to know everything in death was exactly the same high quality of care. You should not, that should not be the fall down. That should be the continuation and the crescendo to an amazing life lived and loved and shared.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much. So for more information, you can visit the website at iaahpc.org. Yes, the International Association for Animal Hospice and Palliative Care. And I so appreciate the listeners every single week joining us. And you know my favorite motto, until there are none, please adopt one. And we hope you'll join us next time. Happy tails.
0: Thank you for joining us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats with your host, Peggy Hoyt. We hope you learned something valuable for the benefit of your pet.